0: We express our praise and gratitude to Allah. We seek blessings on the Prophet, uh, Most likely, we're going to finish al-Fatiha today. So, those of you who are in both classes, the uh, al-Fatiha should probably be finishing in both classes uh, today, inshallah. Okay. So jumping right into the, the material, when we left off, we asked Allah Ta'ala to, to guide us on the straight path. In fact, hold on, let me close this one. Open this one. And so... <clears throat> We spoke about the straight path, we spoke about us, and we spoke the idea of making prayers to Allah in terms of guidance. One point to think about that we didn't really explore intentionally is that when we are praying to Allah, uh, only Allah has the capability of guiding us. The Prophet peace be upon him does not have the ability to guide us. Only Allah has the ability to, to, uh, to give guidance. To the point that the Prophet, peace be upon him, would even receive ayahs from Allah Ta'ala saying, you're going to kill yourself with sorrow because these people are not following you. But that is not up to you. And and so uh, so the point here is that the control of the heart is in Allah's hands.
1: Yeah, awesome. Um Does this excuse rejection
0: uh, explain
1: so if someone is not let's say someone is uh has rejected god mm-hmm. right but that means that allah didn't guide them mm-hmm. okay and so is their rejection excused because allah wasn't didn't guide them okay so so this goes back to the question
0: of objectivity versus subjectivity So in an objective sense, looking at Allah controlling everything, then Allah, this is a a difficult pill to swallow for many people, that Allah is determining who goes to heaven, who goes to hell. right? Which then means the day of judgment is what? It's a day where you will be given mercy or not. Continuing uh, Allah's will. If we look from the perspective of the agent, the person, their subjective perspective i'm the one who's making my choices and i will recognize on the day of judgment uh, justice being given and so that on the day of judgment when uh when i'm given my sentence i will be given according to whatever my choices were or or better so if i have rejected i'm the one who's chosen to reject so you literally have both threads running throughout the text on the one hand, the Quran says, Allah guides whomever he wills. On the other hand, Allah says uh, things like, he does not misguide anyone except for people who do wrong or he, he guides whoever wills to be guided. And so it comes down to which perspective uh, are, are we using. So to make that point, to take it to its full conclusion, what are we saying that when Asim is within Asim's own head, Asim is choosing guidance or not. Guidance is offered multiple times. It is on him to accept it. But when Asim is looking at Muzaffar, Muzaffar does not have free will. And then vice versa. When Muzaffar is in his head, he has free will. When Muzaffar is looking at Asim, Asim is pre-written. Make sense?
1: Yeah, but I think the, the other but then what about in in the perspective of our individual relationships with Allah, right? Mm-hmm. And so the question is still, I think if Allah chooses not to guide somebody, uh and then punishes them for that choice. Mm-hmm. Then that, it's not a punishment that he made, huh? Then it's not a punishment, right?
0: Then it's just continuing the choices that he's making for a person.
1: No, but I think, but on the day of judgment, aren't they then punished for their rejection? We wouldn't call it a punishment anymore. So, so uh,
0: if we look through this lens, objective, subjective, objective meaning, uh, or in fact, here let's make it even easier. If it is possible to have an Allah perspective versus a Me perspective. In dunya, Allah is choosing. In dunya, from my perspective, I am choosing. Meaning we're talking about my life. So. In Akira it's the consequence of my dunya choices. looking through that lens okay. and in Akhirah, it's whatever Allah is still choosing for me okay. now <clears throat> for you you will never not be in your head for you your future meaning on the other side will be very clearly the result of your choice. See what I'm saying? But when I am watching your akhirah, it fundamentally doesn't matter if it's your choice or it's Allah's choice, right? But now let's add another dimension to it. <clears throat> We're saying that uh, let's say you and I, uh, in separate situations, People come up to us, you know. They smell nasty, they look nasty, and they're asking for help. And I'm, you know, you're thinking, okay, this person needs help, and I'm thinking this person is an undergrad. And both of this, both of us, give this, uh, give our respective people five dollars, right? Now, let's say in your case, the person was so inspired that they kept two fifty, and then they gave away two fifty. So you're getting ready. You're getting rewarded for giving them five dollars. You're also getting rewarded for inspiring the other two fifty, right? But let's say in my case, the person took five dollars, consumed it, and I get rewarded for the five dollars. Okay. The fact of that person getting inspired was Allah's will. Okay. So in your experience, Allah is going to open doors for you to make the wrong choices. But in your head, you will always be making the choice. And you will never
1: not be in your head. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think the implication then is that Allah either offers guidance to everyone and those to whom he does not offer guidance, in theory, should be met with mercy,
0: right? That's exactly it. Okay. Right? So Allah's default relationship with everyone is, is guidance. This is Ayah 26 of the next surah. He does not misguide anyone, right? And then at a later point, uh, and I forgot surah, it's in my opinion, surah toba, where Allah says that he cannot punish someone who has not received a messenger. So fundamentally, the day of judgment will be from the perspective of the people experiencing. It'll be fair. Now, let's see, Mustafa saying, "Didn't Allah give us free will? So if we follow the straight path, it's up to us, right? From within our own head." And the easiest thing to understand of our free will versus Allah controlling things: the bottom line, it means I cannot control other people. I can influence other people, but I can't control another person's heart. That the Prophet himself, peace be <laughs> cannot control another person's heart. And then, does that mean uh, reality is subjective, objective, or something between? It means that your reality is a subjective experience, yes, within objective reality. And uh, let me know if that makes sense. Okay, so we defined this straight path, the path of those whom you have favored. Have favored. Uh, does free will only exist within the domain of humanity? You mean like do animals not have free will? That I don't know. Uh, it's possible that animals have consciousness. There's about there's a book from about a thousand years ago, where animals on the day of judgment are actually complaining to Allah about how humans treated them. You know. Not. Of. Uh, those on whom is anger, and so so. Sorry, I'm uh, uh, expanding your question because I think I mean jinns have free will too, right? And then Rami is saying I have been trying to reconcile the subjective subjective reality thing for many years. So you just low keep it in my mind. That's what I'm here for. Mashallah. Okay, not uh, with those astray. Okay, so. <clears throat> First, just some grammatical points here, some language points. Okay, the path of those whom you have favored, that is pretty straightforward. <inaudible> the next part, um, <inaudible> uh, and so the translation here often says, not of those on whom is your anger. That is not part of the Arabic grammar. We can argue it is part of the Arabic rhetoric, because we're speaking to Allah. But the point here is that this, this part of the eye does not mention your anger. Hmm. Not of those who are astray. Now, first point, the path of those whom you have favored. Can anyone name for me who in history has not received any favors from Allah? Nobody? <laughs> Correct, yeah, yeah, true question. So, Shaitan received favors from Allah. Shaitan receives, um, Shaitan to this day has the option to seek forgiveness. He will not, you know, because we even know in the Quran, his future. But Shaitan had all this freedom, has consciousness. Pharaoh had all this, uh, uh, Pharaoh had more favors than almost anybody, dunya, and squandered it all. And so, the point here is that if you and I Are already receiving favors from Allah, then what am I actually asking for here is that Allah shows me the favors of my life, that Allah shows my life as favors Trump. (laughs) And so, so the point here is that when I'm asking Allah to put me on the path of those whom you have favored, one level, I'm basically saying, Allah, yeah, open my eyes to all the favors You're already giving me.
1: So, Omar, you, you're you're going generalization to specifics and vice versa very frequently. Uh, so, so you know, you the favors are are the same as Rahman and Rahim, right? One is a general okay. favor, one is a specific favor. Okay. So, so if you're talking about general favor, which is for everybody. And same thing, you went for uh, very quickly on this, um, uh, you know, like uh, free will and um, and the mercy of Allah. So I think that the free will is something we are accountable. It's not that we are not accountable for the free will. That's something we. i are saying we're not. Hmm? um, No, no, no. no, I'm saying that you know, I'm 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 asking.
0: Yeah. So we would. We'd be held to account for our our our. the choices that we make, that's literally the whole experience of the Day of Judgment. Right. right? That Allah Ta'ala has right. given us the ability to make a choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So so if you combine these two things, then then you know that the general favors everybody received, but mm-hmm. if the guidance, somebody refuse it based upon the free will, which, which compartment you can put them?
0: That'll be the next two lines. None of those on whom is anger, nor of those who are astray. Perfect. Makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So, so the first point is that <clears throat> when I'm asking Allah, Ya Allah, please put me on the path of those whom you have favored. I'm saying, Ya Allah, please open my eyes to actually see the favors of my life. Uh uh-huh.
1: Um, and uh, excuse me if this is kind of like going uh, sort of back into discussion because uh, uh, I just want to get something like right in my head. Is that so, like, are you saying from a subjective lens, uh, you know, like as a believer, you know, like it is only Allah we should uh, uh, see worship, but from an objective lens, it's up to Allah who he guides?
0: So, let's uh, forget subjective from objective. Let's forget, the, uh, forget that difference. Let's say from Ahan's point of view, and if it is possible to have Allah's point of view. So from Ahant's point of view, Ahant can never not be in his point of view, correct? Your whole life, you'll always be in your point of view. You won't be able to get into my head, right? And so from Ahant's point of view, Allah is putting all these things before him. And Ahant is deciding which ones to take. And then on the day of judgment, Ahant will be held to account for the choices he made. So far, so good? Yeah. If that was all that you knew, that is sufficient here. Now, what we're also adding to give some dimension is that Allah is controlling everything. And so uh, from my perspective, not in Ahant's head, it's irrelevant whether Ahant is making the choices or whether Allah is controlling him. Right? is how Ahant interacts with me is how Allah is putting him before me. And so that's my perspective on uh, my, that's my POV uh, on Ahant. That I'm watching Ahant, he's making these choices, those choices. For whatever reason, I don't know what's going on in, inside Ahant. Okay. Now, if we add the Allah dimension, when we think of Allah as controlling all, He's controlling you, he's controlling me. I can't tell that he's controlling me, you can't tell that he's controlling you. But all that you need is he's giving you free will and free choice.
1: So you think uh, the very fact that I asked a question on like how to reconcile the two is not really needing to be asked?
0: I mean, if you feel it's confusing you, the natural you ask, right? But I'm suggesting that there will be things that, you know, are literally just two different sides of a coin. You can't really reconcile them into the same, into the same uh, world. So, so the key point being that you have free will. But there are things that can benefit you that are outside of your choices, like, for example, if you do something good. And then someone else gets inspired. That was not your choice to make it happen. So that was Allah's will favoring it. Or a really, really simple example. that uh, What do we say when someone forgets that they're fasting and then they eat or drink something? Is your fasting broken? No, it's like Allah gave you a little gift. And so you can perhaps argue that in that moment, while you were forgetting, Allah directed you to, to eat something. So even there's some amount of non-free will that we all do experience in this life. Make sense? Okay, inshallah. Okay. So one way to understand the path of those whom you have favored is, Ya Allah open my eyes. Another way to understand the path of those of of whom you have favored is the fact that you're asking Allah for guidance automatically means you're on the path of guidance. If you're asking Allah for guidance, it actually literally means you're on the path of those whom Allah has favored. So you're actually asking, keep me on this path. Then another way to understand the path of those whom Allah has favored is if you have uh, uh, the Quran in front of you. Let me see how fast I can I can switch it here. Is if you go to Surat An Nisa, which is uh, Surah four, and it's run is six or uh, sixty seven. Yeah. well, I almost. End of the class that I don't want to
1: do. Uh, So
0: So you all see the the, the Quran on the screen? Okay, very good. So go scroll all the way down. Hopefully, I'm not um, flashing screen is not affecting any of you. Okay, so right about here. then I usually just switch to Helene's translation just because it's the easiest. Okay. So, and lost it all.
1: Scroll through again. I think you can just pick the verse up there.
0: Uh, yeah, I was forget which verse it is, exactly. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's actually 60, uh, 68. Okay, so we would have guided them. وَلَه, so we would have guided them on a straight path, on a straight path. Now who? is on the straight path. What does it mean to be on the straight path? Is you obey Allah and his messenger. That's another definition of being on the straight path. One is the, uh, uh, Oh, actually we were talking about the favors. Here, what is the straight path? It means you obey Allah and his messenger. And then you'll find four types of people who are on the straight path. The being the messengers, the prophets, Siddiqeen, the truthful, Shuhada, witnesses, Salihin, those who are upright. These are the people who are on the straight path. The Biyin, Siddiqeen, Shuhada, Salihin. The Biyin are the prophets, peace be upon them. Shuhada are the witnesses. These are the people who actually practice, fully practice their religion. They bear witness. And thus when we have a martyr, we call a martyr, a witness, or a witness is a, a, a shaheed. Because they've bare, bore witness with their lives. Uh, Sidiqin. So sorry, I did this out of the word. Nabiin, Sidiqin, people of truth. Siddiq is what? Not someone who's just truthful. They are so truthful, they recognize truth when they see it. And they embrace it. And then you have the, the shuhada, the martyrs the people who live the belief system. Salehi in Saleh, is it merely that you're righteous? It means that you're so upright that people feel compelled to be upright while being your company. So these are the people who are on the straight path. So the goal is to be either number two and or number three and or number four. Number one, obviously we can't be, That, that road is sealed. And a shortcut to how to become those people is put yourself in the company of those people. Now, the idea here is when we spoke about we, that you're always part of the Ummah, you also have your inner circle within the Ummah, right? And one of the very first assignments was to look at your, your relationships. And so if you want to be like someone, put yourself in that company in terms of personality types or spirituality and such. So this is why, for example, the the group, the the Bleach Moth, why are they so successful? Because they put you in their company on, you know, making your prayers and all of that stuff. And so, so that is how to, that's who is on the straight path and how to get on the straight path. Now, <clears throat> any questions about any more questions about straight path? Uh did you have a further question or is that a hand up from before?
1: Uh, that uh, th- uh, that handles it. Um, you okay. know, you're just uh, describing subjective versus objective. So I just wanted to kind of wanted to see what you were saying on that, but okay.
0: okay. Not of those on whom is anger. So once again, I'm saying the word your is not part of this text, but we could say in terms of the rhetoric, what we call the Balagha, that it is referring to the anger of God. But out of adab, there's a lot of things we don't say about God. So so one side point here that's being illustrated in this ayah. So adab has many meanings. And in this context, we're speaking of matters, okay, Refinement. So what is the point that I'm making here? That when I am speaking about Allah, there are some things that are understood, but out of manners, we don't say them. So, for example, is Allah the creator of all? Yes. Is he therefore the creator of evil? Yes. But out of manners, we don't associate the evil with God. We take it a step further. We even say everything God has created is good. Likewise, if I was going to tell you about my mother and how she spent her day, you know, I tell you she did this, she did this, she did this, she did this. In terms of manners, every step of that will be spoken in respect. And there's some things I'm going to leave out that may be understood, uh, but out of respect for my mother, I'm not going to say. So throughout the Quran, we have this whole language about Allah, but what's also built in when he's being spoken about. We are, it's the Qur'an itself is usually speaking in manners regarding Allah. So even if you think back to when the children of Israel started worshiping the calf, it doesn't say they worshiped the calf. It'll say they took to the calf out of manners in terms of speaking of Allah. So here, very rarely in the Qur'an, you see mention of the anger of Allah. I and mean, there's like one or two mentions in al baqarah and I'm forgetting at this moment other mentions. Very rarely will you see it. And another side point, and some of this, uh, I told this uh, to a number of you, I had a student who was my age who was raised Jewish, raised in a Jewish household that focused a lot on Jewish education. And when he opened up the Quran to read it, uh, he literally he said he literally started crying because it was all mercy, 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 mercy. Because he was being taught that God is wrath. The relationship that God has wrath. When you look at the Old Testament, the books of the Old Testament, that's often of the of the Hebrew Bible that is often what you see. How do I earn God's anger? So here, this is bringing this back to the idea of ingratitude. That you can have one in your heart that will win over the other. Either your heart will be more gratitude or it'll be more ingratitude. Either your heart will have more gratitude or it will have more anger. Now, keep in mind, there is a righteous anger. The Prophet, peace be upon him, had anger. If you go through all the Hadith literature, he seems to get angry at about eight moments in those 23 years of prophethood. Yeah. And it's, it's in moments of people who are just not uh, conducting themselves properly. There is a righteous anger. That's not what we're talking about here. This we're talking about non-righteous anger, which is often rage and jealousy and those things. So the metaphor of gratitude is like water. The metaphor of anger is like fire. And in your heart over the course of your lifetime, one is going to win over the other. Either the fire is going to evaporate the water or the water is going to put on the fire And so if we are going to be on the path of ingratitude, we're literally saying yeah God didn't give me many favors. yeah sure he gave me this and that but he didn't really give me many favors And then how would Allah respond to my anger then we would speak of potentially with wrath but again out of manners we don't we don't take it that far. Now it's the path of those on whom is anger. Then you have the people who are astray, who are just lost. And so now if we put this all together, if I'm on the path of those whom Allah has favored, I am seeing the favors of Allah and I'm obeying Allah and his messenger, which then will inshallah make me even see his favors even more, like the favor of guidance itself. And how do I respond? With alhamdulillah, which is essentially the whole heart of this whole surah. Okay. Any questions about all this? Nothing else. No, the last questions. Alrighty. So here we are finishing al-fatiha. Inshallah, starting tomorrow. Oh uh, no class tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow I have to do a thing for the uh, so we will not have class. So on Tuesday, too, Tuesday we will start uh, uh, Ali Imran, inshallah. Okay. No other questions. Nothing. <laughs> Ready. So I, we will. I heard a voice.
1: I was just going to ask you how cold is it in Chicago?
0: Chicago. Uh, I'm actually not in Chicago. I'm in Milwaukee. Milwaukee is like the 60s, and it's supposed to snow in Chicago on Tuesday, I believe. So. Normal April okay. April showers may bring May slush. Okay. All right. We'll stop right here. So, so
1: can I hear somebody's voice. Iqbal? Yes. Uh, so, uh, regarding the uh, day before yesterday or oh, yesterday's lecture, Rida part. So, profit, actually, all of the profit reached the Rida part, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's basically their state. We could say that Yunus. Alayhi Salaam sort of had to return to that state. Uh, but by default, again, out of manners, we would say that, that they're all at the state of Rida. I mean, they're basically like just at a complete different... The prophets are at a very different level. Their tests are at a very different level.
1: Okay, and be specific on this one. So the example of Zakaria, when he's asking for, for son, right? Mm-hmm. In his later is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted him and also give his name as well so that is like a level that we can as an example can mm-hmm. take it right mm-hmm. okay yeah.
0: Yeah. i mean they're still praying right ibrahim is praying for a son and that's part of the reason why his na- his son's name is ismail that one of the understandings is that the name ismail is that allah has listened okay, okay. all Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Nashhadu al-la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubh ilayk. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Nashhadu al-la ilaha illa anta. nastafiruka wa natubh lake. Subhanakallahumma. Glory to you, O Allah. Wa bihamdika. Praise and gratitude are to you. Nashhadu al-la ilaha illa anta. We bear witness. There's no God but you. Nastafiruka, We seek your forgiveness. Natubh ilayk. And we turn to you. Okay. May will tell you, you all, inshallah. And we will see you on Tuesday,
1: Inshallah. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.